know that it was original, but whether it was or not, it's worth remembering. Be gentle with other people because you don't know what kind of a battle they may be fighting. In other words, you never know what's going on inside someone's heart and inside someone's mind. You don't know what's going on at home, what's going on at work, what's going on at school, what's going on at church, etc. And since you never know, you need to deal gently with people. Now, obviously, sometimes we have glimpses or good knowledge of some of these things. In the case of your spouse or your children, you do know what's going on at home, or at least you know an awful lot of it. But truth be told, none of us knows the total picture of what all is going on inside of someone else's heart and someone else's mind. No matter how close you are to someone, no matter how much they may have shared with you, there are some things that you don't know. It has been truly said that each mind has an interior apartment of its own into which none but itself and the divinity can enter. And even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.11, Who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? And we find this truth expressed by Solomon in our text for this afternoon, which is Proverbs 14, verse 10. So if you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn with me there to Proverbs 14, verse 10. And Solomon writes under the inspiration of the Spirit, and he says, The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. Now, it has been observed that Proverbs 14.10 occurs in the context of several Proverbs there in chapter 14 that deal in a way with the contrast that exists between the appearance of things and the reality of things. And sometimes there is a great difference between the appearance and what is actually going on. And so, uh, for instance, verse 8, we read, The wisdom of the sensible is to understand his way. But the foolishness of fools is deceit. In verse 15, you find the naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. Verse 10, as we've just read, we see that each individual person knows his own bitterness and his own joys in a way that other people do not. And similarly in verse 13, even in laughter, the heart may be in pain and the end of joy may be grief. Verse 12, again, you have this contrast between reality and appearance. There is a way which seems right to a man, the appearance, but its end is the way of death, the reality. The point is there's this great contrast between the appearance and the reality of things sometimes. Reality is often hidden beneath the surface, often hidden beneath the appearance. Shakespeare said that one may smile and smile and be a villain. At least I am sure that it may be so in Denmark. And for myself, I would say that I'm sure it may be so in other places as well. Likewise, a man may laugh and laugh, still be sad in his heart. And that being the case, we need to be very cautious then about how we view others and how we view the world around us. I'm not suggesting that we always need to live in constant suspicion of others, always upset at them because they're not bearing their souls completely to us and exhaustively telling us, What is going on? Though obviously duplicity is bad and must not be condoned, I'm not suggesting that we should be always asking others, what are you not telling me? 
and be frustrated and feeling as if others are always wearing a mask. But what I am calling for and what I think our text here in Proverbs 14.10 demands is a healthy dose of realism, namely that this is just the way life is. As a general rule, you're not going to know all of the joys and all of the sorrows of someone else. You may know quite a bit about one or more persons, but as a general rule, you don't know what is going on with very many people. And certainly, even if you know a lot, you don't know the entirety of what else is going on in their heart and mind. And so we need to be cautious about the way we view others and the world in comparison to ourselves. And this is, uh, is one of the big problems with social media. And this has been pointed out for, for years, that on social media, people can put their best foot forward. They're showing all the happy pictures, all the happy posts, all the smiles, they keep all the bad stuff to themselves. And then those who are on the observing end assume that, wow, life is all smiles and all great for this person. And they suppose that there must not be anything bad then tell about their life because, right, they're showing all the good stuff. Well, man, my life is not like that. But as for you, you know in your heart, you know your own bitterness. You know that life has been hard for you, but you have the perception then that it's been great for other people. That's how we can think, whether we imbibe social media or come to church and take a look around or whether we go to the grocery store or, or wherever we can easily slip into the depressing error of thinking that our life has been hard and bitter while everyone else's life has been great. Matthew Poole put it this way. He said, The scope of the parable, meaning this proverb here, may be to keep men from murmuring under their own troubles and envying other men's happiness. Right? We, we know our own bitterness. We don't know the, the bitterness of other people. We don't know what their problems have been. Matthew Henry, taking perhaps a slightly different take, but nonetheless connected, says, every man feels most from his own burden, especially that which is a burden upon the spirits, for that is commonly concealed, and the sufferer keeps it to himself. We must not censure the griefs of others, for we know not what they feel. Their stroke, perhaps, is heavier than their groaning. Now, different ones of us obviously have different crosses that we must bear. Sometimes our crosses may be things from the past that are somehow burdensome or still troublesome to us in the present. Sometimes the crosses that we carry are things that are very much present. Some of those things come from our home life, situations with our children, our spouse, or our parents. Sometimes those crosses come from outside the home, from work or from a lack of work, wounds from friends, sometimes wounds from church. Bad things can happen to us that, that leave us scarred. And sometimes it's all right and even good and helpful to share those things with others. Sometimes it might be best not to share. Situations will be different and we have to make those decisions of when to share and when to, to keep things to ourselves based on wisdom, prudence, and common sense. There's no set rule that applies across the board in those regards, I don't think. And much the same can be said with respect to our joys. Because sometimes it is right and good to share with others the many ways in which God has blessed us. But if you go up to someone who is suffering and grieving and say, wow, God blessed me so much this last week, let me tell you all about it, and you know that their last week has been exceptionally hard, that's probably not the most kind or sensitive thing to do. And so we have to be thoughtful and wise and tactful when we share our joys and our sorrows with others. 
We need to be wise and thoughtful and tactful when others share their joys and sorrows with us. And also when they don't share their joys and sorrows with us. Solomon says the heart knows its own bitterness and a stranger does not share its joy. Let me just make two, two points of application here. Number one, don't jump to assumptions. Don't jump to assumptions about what is going on with other people. Remember that there's a lot going on with other people that doesn't meet the surface. And even it's the same with you in that there's a lot of things going on in your heart and mind that don't meet the surface, that you do not broadcast. And so just remember that there are likely going to be griefs in someone's heart and life that you don't know about. There's likely going to be joys as well that you don't know about. So don't jump to assumptions about what's going on with other people. And I think that if we don't jump to assumptions, it will help us in two ways. First of all, I think it will help us in our evaluation of ourselves. It will help us avoid the the Facebook trap, that trap where we end up thinking that everybody else has the great life while we've gotten the short end of the stick ourselves. We know our own bitterness, but we don't know the bitterness of others. And this will also help us then in our evaluation of others. Knowing that we don't know what all is going on in someone else's life should give us pause to be humble and give us enough pause to give people some space and should give us enough pause to put the best construction on other people's behavior as possible. When you don't know what's going on with somebody, don't jump to the conclusion that they are acting in a manner that is ungodly or sinister. We don't want to be naive, obviously, but we don't want to assume the worst about someone when we don't have the grounds for making that assumption. And this then ties in with the second point of application, which is to be gentle with others. To be gentle. When we gather together on the Lord's Day, we don't know what all somebody went through what they faced during the last week. You don't know the battle that they might be facing. You don't know what sin they may have been convicted of and are desperately seeking to repent of and whether they might be wondering if there is still grace and hope for them in Christ. You don't know what kind of hard interactions they may have had with with family members last night or this morning. So be gentle and kind in your interaction with others. I once heard a pastor tell a story where Upon seeing a a woman at church notice the expression on her face or the way she carried herself, he said, what's wrong with you? You look like your grandmother just died. Came to find out her grandmother had just died. And so we need to be gentle with other people when their hearts are heavy and not jump to assumptions, got to be gentle. And on the flip side, we need to remember that others don't know the bitterness or the joys of our own hearts and we need to be gentle with them because they don't know. Right? We, might, we might be the person who's had the hardest week of our life and then someone comes up and tells us how richly blessed they have been in recent days. And so we need to be gentle and not assume that they're having some nefarious motive because here I am kind of, a, kind of at the bottom of the dumps and they're on cloud nine because they feel so blessed and we need to avoid thinking they're just doing that to make me feel worse have no idea, right? The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. So be gentle in your dealings with others. Now, in our church covenant, we've covenanted together to rejoice at each other's happiness and to endeavor with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens and sorrows. This is something that we can do and must do because we're commanded to do so in uh, the words of Romans 12, 15. 
But we need to recognize in that our limitations. None of us are omniscient. None of us know everything that is going on. When we think of fulfilling the words of our church covenant about rejoicing with each other's happiness and endeavoring with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens, we usually, and rightly so, think of doing this in the knowledge of what they are facing, right? We know this person is joyful, and so we're going to rejoice with them. We know that this person is sorrowful, and so we're going to to weep with them, to endeavor with tenderness and sympathy uh, to bear their burdens and sorrows. That's right. But we also need to remember, again, the heart knows its own bitterness. A stranger does not share its joy. That means that there are some things that are unknown to us. And one way that we can fulfill the church covenant in regard to the things that are unknown to us is to have a stance and disposition that is habitually tender and habitually sympathetic toward others, being gentle because we recognize that we don't know the fullness of what is going on with them in their heart. And in that, we need to be continually pointing each other to Christ because Christ is omniscient and Christ is gentle. He knows how to deal gently with us because he himself has borne sorrow and grief, as we heard about in the beginning there from from Hebrews 4 and, and Hebrews 5. He knows what it is to suffer, what it is to be tempted. He knows how to deal gently with the ignorant and the misguided and with those who are suffering because of what's going on in their heart, because of the things that have happened to them or the things that they've done that are haunting them or whatever the case may be. Christ knows how to deal gently. And so in rejoicing with others and endeavoring with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens, whether we know what's going on or not, the best thing we can do is to be gentle and to be continually pointing one another toward Christ. Please pray with me. Our Father, we praise you that you are not limited like we are, that you know our own and everyone's bitterness and everyone's joy. And we praise you that, that Christ is omniscient as well and is able to, to deal gently with us and to help us and to strengthen us in these things. And Lord, we ask that you would help us in in our own relative ignorance, that we would know how to love each other, that we would know how to care for each other, how to bear burdens and sorrows when we know what those burdens and sorrows are, and how to help even when we don't know. Lord, we ask that we would be a people who are filled with your love, who are filled with with love for others, and who would, in that love, seek to point one another continually to Christ. We thank you for your mercies to us. We thank you for this Lord's Day where we can gather together and we ask your blessing upon us. Pray that you keep us in your way this week. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.